everybody. Hello. Hello. Um, so uh, I didn't announce this. It's White Line Fever Live. Uh, welcome, everybody. Um, the reason that we uh, are having this impromptu uh, gathering, meeting of uh, minds, is that um, uh, these two fellows mentioned to me on social media a week ago when we did the little video about Mark Geyer and the uh, 1996 uh, I Know Where You Live case that they actually had some memories that no one else had and they, they actually were involved in their own ways. Um, so I thought, why just have this conversation between the three of us and uh, whoever follows us on Twitter? Why not have it for everybody and, uh, and share these memories? And uh, of course it does also, um, this meeting is being recorded and it also uh, does um, help promote the video, which is sitting there on YouTube. So welcome to the show and thanks. I know it's, uh, it's after the footy your time. Uh, Brad Water and Tony Adams. Hello. Hey, Steve. How are you, mate? Hey, Tony. Tony. Yeah, guys. Good to see you. It's been a while since we've been in the same room, so to speak. But, yeah. Uh, great Pos to catch up. Possibly since the Mark Guy judiciary hearing. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, MG. Thanks for uh, bringing us together. So before, <laughs> before we start talking about that, I'm trying to do stuff that's timeless because, you know, if you talk about a footy game that's just finished, I mean, people care for about, for about two hours and then they forget about it. But... We will briefly mention it because forty-six nil South over um, Brisbane—it's pretty shocking, isn't it, guys? What it what, what quickly your thoughts? Well, it's become the norm, hasn't it? Um, you know, most weeks uh, Brisbane are lucky to score a try or two, and most weeks the opposition score over forty. I'm I'm just dirty because I uh, tipped uh, over fifty-two points. Uh, South let me down, so uh, <laughs> they're going to have to do better next week, South. But. That just shows how badly the Broncos are going. They really have become an embarrassment. You know, last year they were a, a train wreck. Uh, everyone thought that was rock bottom. But um, I don't know about you, Brad, but I just think they've gone even worse. Yeah, I think they're trying to rebuild um, this year. and But I don't think they know really what direction they're going in. So they're chopping and changing every week. So when things don't work, they, don't, they, haven't, they haven't got any faith. They don't stick with it. They change their halves. They change their fullback. Um, you know, they just keep... It's like every week they're starting all over again or starting the season all over again. Um, I've never had any... I never felt this year that the Brisbane Broncos are trying to make the top eight or trying to be a competitive force. It's just that they're trying to, like, rebuild their team and they've got, a, they've got some really good players and some really good talent in that team, but they've got a long way to go to work out you know, what their best team is and how they're going to get become a premiership force again. It just seems miles away from, doesn't it? It's, I can't believe how, how quickly they've fallen away. Yeah, now, and that, that's it. Sorry. The, the thing you pointed out is an important thing to, to look at. They do have talented players there. I mean, you, you look at the Bulldogs uh, who are in a similar situation, but they try every week and they're just a bunch of basically young battlers with one or two experienced players. But some of those guys in the Broncos team, the, the, the likes of Payne Haas, Xavier Coates, they're real star players. They're origin players. And yet yeah. they're, they're getting beat by 30, 40 points every week. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just can't understand it. It's, uh, you know, you, you've really got to, got to watch it. They're, they're too bad to believe, really. <laughs> I just think they're playing with no confidence. I think it's... They just got no confidence, and I'm not sure how they turn it around. But they look like they just they're they're second guessing themselves. They they're really unsure of of themselves. As I said, the team keeps changing every week. There's no 
probably no direction, uh, long-term direction. Um, and so you've got really good players who are suddenly, you know, second-guessing themselves and, and not playing with with any real confidence and probably not showing any confidence in um, in, in their teammates around them as well. Now, guys, yeah, the reason we're here, right, is because we did a little mini doco a couple of weeks back on Mark Geyer um, uh, going before the judiciary charge was telling touch judge Martin Weeks, I know where you live, and he got six weeks and it went for two nights and had Michael Bolt on who was on the judiciary that night and um, Curtis and I, you know, we got some old clips from MG off the radio and it was a bit of fun and took a, probably a bit longer to edit than I would have liked. But um, since then, you guys just came out with your own stories of that hearing. So for those who haven't watched or listened, it's on the... where If you're listening, you can listen to it. If you're watching, you can watch it wherever you're watching or listening now. It's available. Um, it's, just look up WLF Milestones. Um, but, um, um, but you guys had your own recollections of the... It was a game in Canberra between Perth and the Raiders at the Wacker. Uh, and initially, we didn't know what had been said. And then it came out what had been said. And, and, and Tony, you played a little bit of a role before the hearing. And Brad, you covered the hearing. Who, who came into this story first? I suspect it was you, Tony, after the game. What, what do you remember? Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty sure it was in Perth, wasn't it, Brad? It was, yeah. Uh, can I just butt in, Steve? I think, because I think I probably can give you sort of a bit of a, more of a sequence to yeah. it. I think. Um, so, for example, so the game was in Perth, uh, Raiders, Raiders v, um, v the Reds over in Perth. Um, back then, games weren't covered. Not every game was covered like it is now. Mm. Uh, and so I was working at AAP and the guy that was supposed to be covering the rugby league, uh, he was also a huge Fremantle Dockers fan and they were playing that weekend in a big game. And so he went to the Fremantle Dockers and he covered the Perth game basically by phone. Uh, and so the AAP report that, uh, that we had, it didn't have any mention of the, of the incidents and the, and the dramas with Mark Guy being put, uh, Sin being put on a report, etc. And, uh, and somebody rang me up uh, involved with the Raiders who said, I can't believe that, you know, your match report and it makes no mention of the drama that occurred. And they told me what it had had happened, and uh, I confirmed that. And we we had a story that, that ran around um, you know, around the, around those incidents. And then there was the judiciary hearing, or Mark Guyer, um, MG, obviously was cited and charged. Uh, I think with five offences uh, from memory. And then on the day of the hearing, um, which I think would have been a Monday night back then, I, I, I'm guessing, uh, and it was done via video link. But Tony. Uh, yet then you had the afternoon papers. So in the afternoon Telegraph, Tony's got the exclusive um, story with MG detailing, um, I suppose, or defending himself and against the charges, which he was later to to, to face at a judiciary here a tribunal hearing that night. And I don't know, Tony, maybe you want to jump in and talk about you know how you spoke to MG on the on the eve of that hearing. Yeah, well, uh, I, I remember the the big headline I got because it was just completely unique was uh, "I know where you live," which is what MG said to Martin Weeks, and that that was the line I um, I was able to get. And, I, and of of course, um, I didn't get off MG because he he didn't want to talk about that. I, I got off someone else before I rang MG, and and we we had a long chat, and and. He, um, you know, he, he certainly confirmed that he lost it and uh, that he, um, you know, said said something to Martin Weeks. Uh, 
I, I still believe, and, I, and I, I, I said, well, I guess we've got to come back to this at the end, but I, I think he said it in jest. You, you, I mean, we, we know what sort of fellow MG is uh, uh, better these days because he's been in the media so much. Back then he was considered a, a bit of a, a lunatic on the field, a, a loose cannon, and uh, I think when the judiciary was presented with this fact that, uh, you know, uh, he allegedly said, I know where you live, they took it very seriously. Uh, that was a, the Monday night. Uh, Peter Falingos covered the hearing for us, the, the late, great Peter Falingos. Um, and the first I knew of all the drama was he, he called me after the hearing and said, you've got to come in here tomorrow night for part two of this hearing. And I had no idea what was going on. And my first thought, I'll, I'll never forget, was Tuesday night's my touch footy night. I don't want to miss my touch footy <laughs> Um, and I tried my artist to get out of it, but he just said, look, he's called your credibility in the question. He, he reckons you rang him up and you hung up on him after, uh, he hung up on you after 10 seconds. And he said something like, oh, it's Sydney media. You can't believe anything they say. So it was a, a bit of a slap in the face from MG, who ironically now is a, a very good mate of mine. Uh, and even back then we got on pretty well, but I think he... Um, you know, was advised pretty poorly by the Reds management just to deny, deny, deny. Um, so anyway, on the, the next night, uh, a very, very nervous young reporter uh, turned up at the judiciary and it was all done by video link. And uh, the judiciary chairman, I, I can't remember his name, Brad. Alan Sullivan. Oh, okay, yeah. Alan Sullivan. The uh, first thing he did was Great. ask me for... My, yeah, first thing he did was ask me for my notes and that... That that was a bit embarrassing because I actually put my notes on the screen and uh, my uh, brother my brother's a doctor and and doctors are renowned for bad handwriting. Well, his handwriting's bad. Mine's even worse. So uh, my my horrible looking scrawl was was up on the screen. I I didn't know shorthand. I sort of had my own version of shorthand, but uh, my notes were there for all to see. And basically, there was a lot of giggling on on both sides of the continent, you know, the, the Perth contingent laughed when they saw my notes and so did the, the, the people in the room in Sydney. But um, the, the, the thing that really hung MG, so to speak, was uh, we got a, a record of the, uh, the telephone conversation and according to MG, it lasted 10 seconds and uh, the record of the call was that it went for about 12 minutes. So, um, you know, basically... It was my word against his, but the, the fact we spoke for 12 minutes and he told the judiciary uh, the previous night uh, that, uh, you know, he basically hung up in my ear, that uh, certainly uh, was in my favour. And uh, they found him guilty, but, but my, my last words to him were that, look, go easy on him because I, I honestly believe he, he does know Martin Weeks. You know, they, they sort of clashed a, a few times in the past, but he's got a quirky sense of humour and I think it, it, it was just a, a basically set in jest. He, it's not like he was going to go around there and uh, bash the way, but um, <laughs> I don't think they listened because I think he got quite a few weeks. <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think uh, Steve and Tony, just to put it in context, so I, I was at the um, judiciary hearing, hearing on the or both nights and, you know, so... Like just so so that if people aren't sure, then it, just to background this. So I think MG he was on four or five charges which related to like 
abusing a match official, threatening a match official. Um, I know he uh, threw a water bottle. It was alleged to have thrown a water bottle from the bench at a touch judge um, and, and just a number of sort of incidents like that. And like, as Tony said, knowing MG now, he's a great character of the game. And even back then, he was he was a great character of the game. One of the, you know, the charge that Tony's referred to is, um, he said to Martin Weeks, who was a an in-goal touch judge. So this is back in the days of before video referees. And remember, like, none of us have seen that game because it wasn't, wasn't mm-hmm. broadcast, right? Yeah. So... We're just going off like judiciary reports and reports from match officials and and other people, uh, ground managers, etc. Right, that were an evidence at the judiciary. But like, um, anyway, one of the charges was that that MG Mark Guyer said to uh, Martin Weeks, who was an in goal touch judge at the time, "I know where you live," mm-hmm. and MG what he said in the in in ev- evidence at the judiciary hearing. And look, I believe him. Is that he was saying to Martin Weeks, who lived in Perth, right, that you live in you live in Perth, you're from West Australia, you should be supporting us. You should be on our side. You're a local um, in-goal touch judge or match official. You should be on our side because you're from Perth and we're from Perth. Um, and that that was the evidence that MG gave, and I I, I believe that he wasn't. I don't I don't believe Michael Bolt does not Michael Bolt does not agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, it sounds like a threat, doesn't it? Yeah. I know where you live, which is true. Like I think he did, and like I, I do remember MG saying, "But I do know where he lives." You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, well, they got him. Just, you know, they got him on. Um, they got him on Triple M with Matty Johns, and he said. And they said, so, Martin, uh, after all these years, do you still live in Perth? And he goes, yeah, I still do. And, and MG goes, where exactly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, it was, it, was a, it, was a really, uh, it was a really emotive hearing. It went for a long time, obviously, because there were a lot of charges and he was being grilled. It was via video link. And then the thing was that after, like, an MG denied all that, you know, basically denied everything, um, as Tony said, he was probably poorly advised and advised to deny, deny, deny when he clearly these a lot of these these things had occurred. Um, and so at the end of pretty much at the end of all the evidence that was given, Alan Sullivan, um, who was the chairman of the judiciary, then read from the back page of the Afternoon Telegraph and said, well, you've denied all this and yet in the Telegraph you're quoted as basically admitting it and he read to it and that's when MG said, MG denied that he'd spoken to Tony, um, which then Peter Falingos, the late great Peter Falingos, uh, then jumped in in Tony's to, you know, to defend Tony's, uh, I suppose, reputation or integrity and said, well, you know, I'll get Tony Adams down here tomorrow. We'll get the phone records from News Corp to prove that um, Tony did speak to Mark um, at length, blah, 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 for the story. Uh, and, and then that's what occurred. So I've never been to a judicial hearing that's run for two days, but then the second day, we're all back, and hey, guess what? It was there were more people at the judiciary hearing on the second day, and it was bigger and I suppose better uh, than than the previous uh, day. And yes, Tony was a star witness, um, came <laughs> in and, and gave his evidence, and uh, um, yeah, and I think it uh, from memory, it, well, it, it it didn't go, it didn't end well, unfortunately for MG, as he said, he got a he got a hefty suspension, even though probably a lot of us had um, had some sympathy for him or. or could it probably accept that um, maybe um, he, he was it wasn't as menacing as how as how it was it was portrayed, but there was a you know a, a litany of incidents um, 
from that match. And, and MG also had a, a pretty uh, pretty long judiciary record uh, as well. So it was pretty. He was never going to get the benefit of the doubt. And um, I'm pretty sure that's the. Oh, I know that that's also the incident where um, because they were, they were over in Perth, I think they were at Birdswood Casino from memory um, on a on a um, video conference, and the screen had gone off for them. And they thought they couldn't see us anymore, but we're in Sydney and we could see them. Um, they they didn't realise that that uh, we could see them. And MG stuck the fingers up at the up at the screen, and Alan Sullivan called him back, called him back, and uh, gave him a real dressing down. Uh, for, you know, in terms of his, um, I suppose, you know, his attitude towards the judiciary, and uh, and advised him that he he was uh, he could receive an even longer suspension from that. So. And Mark was—he was really he was really upset and really emotional um, to have been found guilty of all those charges and uh, and to have received a really long suspension like he did. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, and for the youngsters watching, hopefully there's one or two. You know, the way we used to cover the judiciary and how colourful it used to be compared to now—it's very, very dry. And Alan Sullivan would would have these sermons from the mountain before him, Jim Comins and a couple of other guys. And he said, oh, you've just found, you've just displayed the indiscipline that we um, found you guilty of, you know, when he, when he did that. But uh, um, amazing, amazing times, guys. And I can't believe Chippy actually spoke up and, like, you, you, you were supposed to be an observer on the first night. And he's gone, I won't hear that said about my workmate. And, 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 and that was like the night, another, you know, Bob Fulton said, are you calling my son a liar when... Um, um, when I, I think Scott Fulton was accused, Scott, of, yeah, yeah, was a, was accused of bite biting. Was it biting? It was biting. I think, yeah. And and, yeah. He, and he sat at the back, end, and no one else was there. I was the only one there. I remember because people used to just come along for the main the main case. They wouldn't come along for the reserve graders or stuff. But just I just saw the name Fulton on the on the thing, and um, I thought it was worth going in and covering. I think I think I said that MG was involved in probably two of the top five. Judiciary cases I ever covered here, which features in the book, which features in the book, and I, guys, I'm going to let you go in a minute. But um, um, and th- thank you for joining us. That was all. That was awesome. Great to tell people about that. And I guess if we wait too long, we wait another sort of thirty years, and we don't talk about this, it might be lost forever. So, um, <laughs> hopefully, 30, 40, 50 years. But um, um, just uh, guys, I haven't spoken to you for the book yet, and I want to get around to doing it, but. The NRL turns 25 next year and they're not going to celebrate it, I guess, because the birth of the NRL was the temporary death of Souths, among many other things, not something they want to mm. remind people of. But the thing, I've, the thing that I've found um, just pulling quotes together just in the last 24 hours for the last couple of chapters is people just can't agree. Like the three main questions were, what was it all about? Who won? And what did we learn from it? And even 25 years later, having interviewed close to 100 people, I can't get consensus on any of those questions. People yeah. still have completely different views about... You haven't said the happened. two words, though, we're talking about Super League. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those uh, who, who might not know. Super League, yeah, Super League, the, 90, the split season in 97. So when the NRL turns um, 25 next year, um, what, what will it mean? And then I'll let you go. What does it all? What does it mean? You know. Yeah, it's a hard <laughs> That's a good question. That, yeah, like, like to be honest, the NRL was born out of the out of the Super League war, wasn't it? And um, the game's never been the same since. Um, it's probably it's obviously it's far more professional than what it was than what it was then. It feels like a, a, a much more professional organisation than what we had, but. 
um, um, you know, exactly what what does it mean? Is the NRL just an and now we have the ARLC. Is the ARLC just a continuation of the Australian Rugby League that ran the game previously? Or I, I, I really don't know. That's a that's a great question that I think needs a lot of a lot, I don't know a lot more time to examine it. And I think um, you know, yeah, twenty five years on, it would be really good to re- reflect on. I suppose what does the NRL? Yeah, what does it mean? What does it stand for? Um, how has it evolved? Over, over that period of time, but yeah, at the end of the day, it was just a, um, it was just a, a thrown together piece deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it was just a solution yeah. to a, to to a to a split in the game, and it was just trying to get the game back together as best as it can, and it's just evolved over those twenty five years. Yeah. Tony, I, I, I just I spoke to like Jeff, like Jeff Carr on one side, you know, says, "Geez, the game was flying." And, the, and Paul Kynes, the game would have been better off without the war. And then you got your sort of some, some players who obviously earned a lot of money out of it. Uh, and also like guys like Tom Mockridge who I interviewed who say that the game, you know, they needed, it needed a kick up the bum, that it, would, it got stagnant and it needed the war to, to progress to where it is now. Two, two completely incompatible views of something that happened 25 years ago. People can't agree. What, what, do, you, what do you think, Tony? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've, I think people, it, it's all about self-interest, isn't it? Like Super League was driven by people who uh, felt the game needed a change, but they were also very well compensated for their views. And, you know, then, of course, we had uh, going back to the ARL and, and they had to bump up salaries of all their players and staff. But to me, look, looking back 25 years, the... The, the saddest thing probably is that we we had 20 teams back then. You know, we we had a, a truly national competition. We we had MG's uh, Perth Reds. Uh, we had Adelaide. We had the the South Queensland Crushers, and we had two teams in Newcastle. And uh, you know, th- those four teams all all died. And I think the, the games are poorer for it. Yeah, well, that's a great way to finish. We don't want to we don't want to we don't want to give so many wise answers that no one buys my book. <laughs> Can I just go off topic though? Yep. Tony's just remind, reminded me of something which was around just the, the, I suppose, when we went to the 20 team competition, when those new teams were, were coming in. And you, you'd remember this, Tony, and I'm sure you were there too, Steve. But remember we played a touch game against the Perth Reds when they, before yes. they came into the competition? You know, imagine doing that now. Imagine <laughs> yeah. the new Brisbane team playing a game of touch against a bunch of journos. You know, I remember playing against MG and. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you do too, Tony. But that was well. Um, I tell you what, I remember it. He he picked me up and had me in a position to spear tackle me, <laughs> and I saw my life flash before my eyes. But then he very gently uh, put me down on the ground. <laughs> so it's it's one uh, moment of my touch football career I'll never forget. <laughs> hey, um, the best thing about doing the book has been like talking to, you know, living over here now. And so it gave me, it's given me an excuse to talk to people, you know, that I haven't seen in a long time. And normally if I was interviewing you guys for the book, it'd just be over the phone and I wouldn't have the opportunity to speak to you like this. So it's been awesome just to, just to see you both and to hear your voices. And um, thanks everybody. Um, that was awesome. Thank you everybody. Um, there's a bunch of show links which will tell you how you can support the show and the book will be out October 4. So, um, and I want to talk to you both individually before I finish doing interviews. I'm up to 86 interviews. I want to get to 100. Um, so maybe you guys could be 99 and 100. 
<laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'll stop streaming and I'll stop recording. That's awesome, guys. That was really good. Cool. Yeah. I didn't see. Really I only good. went the first night, um, so I didn't remember Tony uh, um, testifying. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just fun times. I don't know, like it, it's a totally different uh, game now, isn't it? Can you imagine something like that these days? Ah, uh, fuck. You know, like if it happened, no one would be there to cover it. Yeah. That's it. That's a really sad thing, you know. Like, so there'll be a judiciary hearing now, unless it's a massive case. Um, there's there's the possibility there could be no one at the hearing. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked. But anyway, hey guys, it's yeah. late at night for you. So thanks very much for that, both of you. Have a great weekend, or and uh, stay in touch. Might see you. Okay. Will do. Might see you at the World Cup. How are you enjoying it over yeah. there? It's going well. Mate, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's lots of mate. I'm doing a lot of things, and you know, as usual, there's only a couple that are bringing in money. But there's, but there's more and more of them bringing in money, and um, it's just a different way of thinking, Tony. Like I, you know, you just do that one thing your whole life, and you just know how to do that one thing, and yeah. and you know, it's kind of it's it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've been doing the same thing for forty years, and it does get a bit monotonous at times. And you think, you know, what the hell have I done with my life? Yeah. Yeah, mate, we're actually like um, looking at putting putting on um, like a magic week off the record, you know, a magic weekend type thing the world, week before the World Cup. So I'm like talking about suddenly being like, you know, Colin Love, World Sevens territory, you know, with yeah, three, yeah. Other, <laughs> three, three other blokes, um, you know, and, and, you know, so there's you know, just lots of just, and, the, you know, it's easy to, you lose a bit of confidence sometimes because you just don't know the landscape you're in anymore. You're in this landscape where you knew how everything worked and who everyone was, and suddenly you're in a landscape where you, you're starting at the bottom where people don't return your emails or don't return your calls. You know, so um, it's kind of tough, but it's it's fun as well when something comes off. So anyway, how, how's it going, Tony, um, with uh, with night or wide water sport? Mate, it's, it's good. It's it's a lot less pressure than league week. Uh, they they expect a lot less from me. But they also pay me a lot less, so I figure <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a semi-retirement. And uh, no, they're good. Like, like I mean, league we could get on and say, "Ring Jonathan Thurston now and get him to comment on this. We need it for the cover in the next half hour." You know, and nine, I just don't hear from. You know, they if yeah. I file one story a week, they're happy. If I file four stories a week, they're happy. So they're they're very good in that uh, sense. They they sort of don't put much pressure on me. Um, but what do you prefer? Like I'm sort of, I'm I'm always torn between, like, you know, when when people aren't demanding stuff from me, it's like good. You think yeah, it's good, and then you think, oh fuck, they don't care, you know. And then you yeah, actually sometimes you want them to be going, come on, there's a big story, let's fucking get it, you know. There's a bit of that, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I've just got to push myself. Like if I haven't written yeah. a story for two three days, I start getting itchy and thinking, shit, do they think I'm bludging, you know, because yeah, as, yeah. as you know, I mean, well, one of the things I've always found with journalism, you can make 50 phone calls and get nothing and then you yeah. you bump into a bloke in Coles and he'll tell you, oh, geez, did you hear about so-and-so doing so-and-so with, with so-and-so? And you think, shit, that's a good story. You know, the, the, the end result is not necessarily... A reflection of, of the amount of work you put in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
And you can put you in still like, like a... put yourself in, mate. You still have to put yourself in position. Like, like if you, if you, like I've stopped going to games, you know. So yeah, me too. I haven't been to a game in two years. They don't even I send think... me a press pass anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think games. I think game, games are massively overrated, and um, mm. what you get out of games is like. It, it, so the NRL, the clubs, they've all got things ass about, right? Because um, nobody goes to get, hardly anyone goes to games anymore. All the press conferences are live stream. You're in the press conference asking the questions. Like the coaches will say, "Fuck, there's only two journos here or three journos here, right?" Yeah. Um, but you, so you're in there asking the questions, and before you've got out of the room, someone at Fox Sports has fucking transcribed it all and put it online. Yeah, right? made it a story. Yeah, and made yeah. it a story, right? And yeah. you're not even there. You haven't yeah. even had the chance to do it. They're not there, right? Mm. And then you go to the sheds and you stand around for fucking ever. And half the time, blokes don't want to talk to you or clubs don't yeah. want you to well, talk to them. The and you just think, you walk out of there and you think, if I got something, quite often it's, um, I'm just writing a story for the fucking sake of it because I made the effort to come here. I feel like I need to go bang, I spoke to some bloke and I've written a story. But at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? Because it all gets lost in the... You know that we just have that cycle of games on the weekend, and no, unless it's unless it's something really good, which is like one in a hundred, um, mm. you, you're just doing it for the fucking sake of basically being able to say, "I went to the game and I spoke to a bloke." Yeah, it's well, very to... rarely that the last time I got something decent, and it even blew me away how it was when James Tedesco had a crack at Chad Townsend, and Chad Townsend went on social media and well, um trying to defend himself. It was over um, Chad Townsend, um, like, I don't know, like trying to intimidate Sam Walker in his first or second NRL game. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, I I went to probably two years ago now a a Roosters training session and just wrote a a really boring, you know, AAP-style Jake Friend story saying, you know, we've got to lift this week. And, you know, play better after we lost last week and blah, blah, blah. And the, the, my editor rang me up and said, what did you write that for? I said, well, I was there. I spoke to him. Um, I thought I might as well file something. He said, don't do that. He said, we've got, we got blokes in here who transcribe shit off, off these things and we've got AAP. So I said, okay. <laughs> he said, you're, you're for, you know, special offbeat, yeah. quirky, different, you know, uh, stories. So... Fine by me. <laughs> but the problem is then there's like so there's so few people doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just the you know what I mean? So like it ends up being, you know, AAP and NRL.com covering a game mm. in Gosford or something, and then yeah. all the everyone else is just following off the T V. Fox Sports mm. have become like the mail online, haven't they? They they just beat everyone yeah. up and you know. Well, um, well, like they'll, they'll often take my stories and probably Brad's stories, and they credit us, so you can't you can't bag them. For yeah, so it, so we everyone used to buy up about them, no attribution. So now they just fucking rip everything off and just attribute it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, wide world of sports does the same. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, look, oh, I, I got a, I got a fly, guys. But really good to catch up. We should do yeah. this regularly. One sec, Crossy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, mate. It's just great to speak to you both. Awesome. Yeah, good to All see right. you. Have a good night and um, we'll see you soon. All righty. Bye. Bye. See you, Bye. See you.